This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I am joined today by the lovely Rachel Thomas and the also very lovely Julian Baca. <laughs> yes. Hey guys. Hey Melanie. Hey Rachel. <laughs> hey. Thanks for laughing at that, Julian. Uh, <laughs> good sense of humor. Um, guys, I am really looking forward to our conversation today. We have been talking the last couple of weeks about this idea of Um, missional hospitality. And I just kind of want to lead into this by reminding, if you haven't been able to listen to the last couple episodes, you know, we've just been talking a lot about how um, really for us as an organization, as a ministry, our goal, our hope, and our prayer every day is that we would be really just a source of of hope for Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know, I don't know another time in my lifetime at least when the world has been more in need of that yeah Um, more in need of some hope it's funny we were just talking before we started recording today just like i can't believe some of the things that we're still saying here in july that i didn't think we'd still be saying in july and just there's that like there's that place that i feel i can almost almost feel it in humanity of just like Mm. disheartened discouraged, not knowing when the end is going to come to some of the stuff we're having to deal with right now. Yeah. Overwhelming. And, and I feel like everyone is feeling that at some level. Um, but for many, this has just been a, a really dark and difficult season of time. And it's just gotten darker and harder as time Mm -hmm. has gone on. And so more than ever, is this world in just desperate need of a message of hope and life and I, I was just thinking the other day about how thankful i am that that i have jesus in my life yeah <laughs> i wish i thought about that more often but sometimes it just really strikes me and i just mm. i was thinking the other day like i just can't imagine navigating life right now i cannot imagine it apart from not just what jesus provides me on a daily basis yeah. but to be honest sometimes just the hope i have Oh man. Eternally. Like yeah. this is not the end. Yeah. This world is not what I'm living for. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, our lives on this planet are just like a little blip on yeah. the radar screen. Yeah. And what we're dealing with right now as a world and as the country, it's just as as massive and monstrous mon- what monstrous? Monstrative? That's where I was going. Yes. We got it's like it feels like a monstrosity right now. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just like in the grand scheme of eternity, it's small, it's a blip sure. on the radar screen. Sure. And I'm just so thankful to know that there is such a hope beyond this. And so I say all that to say, I, I feel like that's really what this conversation is about. It's about how, how can we more passionately than ever, and maybe even more effectively than ever, bring the hope that is Jesus yeah. to a world that is more desperate for it than ever and so that's really what we've been talking about and we've been focusing on this idea of missional hospitality and it's just 
it's funny because I don't know, I would guess that some people maybe have even seen that in the title of some of these podcasts and been like, I'm sorry, you're talking about hospitality right now? Like, what does that have to do with anything that we're dealing with right now? There's no way we can be hospitable in a season like this. And so I'm really excited about today because I think we're going to dive into some ideas and concepts that actually mean we don't get an out right now. In fact, this is a time that we can lean into hospitality in a whole new way. And so I'm kind of excited to dive into some of that today. Yeah, that's so good. I'm, I'm with you all the way, Mel. Uh, especially now, like you said, you kind of set that up. But it can feel easy, I think. It's, it's hard already when you hear the word hospitality, you kind of think of one thing, you know, like nice dinner, fine china, clean house, like good food, you know, all of these things traditionally that I think hospitality means. Um, but in reality and diving into the study and talking and learning more, really discovering that hospitality, like you said, is not a something we go, oh yes, I can do that or oh no, that it's a part of the way we live our lives and carry the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, even more, you know, so on this term of hospitality, rethinking beyond just the the, the place and thinking more in terms of space in a sense of like giving people space to belong, whether that is emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And I love this. And I'm going to just say right now, I'm going to phrase this Greek wrong. So if any of y'all listening were in seminary, are in seminary or no Greek, please forgive me. Okay. <laughs> and, up, uh, this is going to be wrong. This is going to be wrong. And Mel and Julian, <laughs> if you, if you know off the top of how to say it, let me know. But when we were diving into the study, Philo, which, Oh, Mania? by the way, the study, I don't even think I oh, introduced yes. that. Oh, sorry. Yes which was um, the Rosaria Butterfield book, which is what yes. we're looking at. Gospel comes with Gospel the house. Comes yes. Yeah. So good. So good. Which is what we're diving into. So she uses the Greek word. <laughs> say it again, y'all. I'm sorry. Philo, Xenia. And if I said that wrong, I'm very sorry. But translated um, in Greek, ignore my pronunciation, means love of the stranger. Yeah. You think that's cool because the translation of uh, hospitality is not doily or fine china or, you know, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse at your dinner table. Praise him. You know, it's like, you say doilies? I did say doilies, you know, the white little doilies. I definitely know what doilies are. Yes. I just, I just haven't seen a doily in <laughs> quite 20 years. I know I had either, but I was thinking when my grandmother would have people, go, <laughs> like I always get those doilies, you know, <laughs> you have doilies. I'm sure they're lovely. I shouldn't, you I shouldn't don't need those guys. You don't have to funny. have, <laughs> but all that to say, really reframing, really rethinking. And, and this can be scary, of course, because, um, again, we talked, we kind of unpacked in the last episode, breaking down this concept of, of what does it mean? to be a Christian in a post-Christian world and, and why this struggle of feeling like a victim doesn't serve you or anyone very well, because all it does is promote fear, you know, fear that I won't know what to say, fear that someone might influence my child in, in a, you know, a bad way or fear that we may get in a disagreement. And, and it's not to say that there aren't, there aren't things to be said about each of those concerns or fears, but, but you can't let that control or dominate the way that you love your neighbor or the way that you live out the gospel. And so, again, giving someone a place to belong, um, a space to belong, whether that's mentally, spiritually, uh, all of those things, it requires some vulnerability. It requires yeah. you kind of taking that first step. And y'all, that's scary sometimes. <laughs> Just sitting it up. <laughs> so, anyways, those are my my two cents on my own 
revelation on that. So well, I think I think it's great that you that you underscored that, Rachel. And and if I could just real quick say something that I think challenged me as I was uh, considering the content and where we were going in this yeah. episode, um, it it it's almost as if now in the current state of the world with self quarantine and and um, you know the pandemic, it's almost as if there are less excuses now, mm, dare I say, less, less barriers uh, to living out what, you know, what it means to be uh, hospitable, what it means to mm. love our neighbors well, yeah. um, you know, and, and this can look so, so many different ways, be it picking up the phone and calling someone or FaceTiming them, um, or if you're having, you know, FaceTime fatigue, maybe it's, um, you know, having having a friend over and sitting safely apart from one another on your front porch. I think, Melanie, you mentioned that before we were recording this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as a little aside, um, you know, for, and, and this is coming from personal revelation as well, um, I know for the longest time it was one of the things that I had to overcome was my house not being in the exact state that I wanted it to be. Yeah, so I can relate. That when I hosted and had people over, there was this appearance of order and tidiness. Mm-hmm. And only until then, only until that was achieved, could I love them well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have, you have less of an excuse now to not know your physical neighbors than ever oh, before. Man. If you have not met at least one <laughs> neighbor in your neighborhood, yeah that you didn't already know, you've been working hard to make that not happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause yeah. it's just, there's that place of like, people don't have a lot to do right now. Mm-hmm. People aren't, for the most part, people really aren't that busy when you're like, what are you doing Thursday night? Probably nothing, you know? Yeah. Are you free next weekend? Probably so, you know, like <laughs> most people don't have stuff going on. So there are barriers that are usually there. Um, like you said, Julian, that aren't. Right. So in some ways, it's easier now. Yeah. So anyway, let's keep going because I'm sure people are like, I don't think it's easy. <laughs> and here, let's let's bring it back to scripture. Um, Psalm 68.8 comes to mind when uh, talking about, you know, kind of all of this. It reads, God sets the lonely in families mm. and leads out the prisoners with singing. Yeah. So in real time, as we consider that, um, we should recognize that God is actually desiring to bring this verse to life by, by using us, you and me and everybody listening as a safe haven for okay. those who are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can think about it less as the physical space, your apartment, your condo, your townhome, your home, whatever, and more about you, more about mm-hmm. us as okay. being that safe haven. Yeah. Um, and so as we think about it, let's draw a quick little comparison um, between the two different types of hospitality that you may be, um, you know, thinking about. There, there's the counterfeit hospitality and there's the, the genuine hospitality. And the counterfeit hospitality um, is really just this idea of seeking per- perfection over the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're, you're thinking that, you know, gosh, everything has to be just right before I can invest and invite people into my life. Everything being just right, meaning not just like the physical, the physical stuff in your house and, and the order and tidiness of your house, but maybe even just stuff you feel you have to get right in your own self. Sure. Um, now that's not to say, cause one of the things that we preach, uh, you know, in, in, you know, 
in, in the outreach team with regards to, you know, and we even talk about this with our Keys to Freedom study is that, you know, if we want to impart freedom, we have to have experienced freedom ourselves. Right. So that, that is, that is absolutely true. But, you know, we're going to, we're, we're never going to reach our neighbors and love them well if we're waiting, waiting for everything in our life to be just <laughs> right. That's we're going to be waiting for a long time. That's a good word. <laughs> you know? And so conversely, genuine hospitality acknowledges one's own humanity and need for others and doesn't wait for everything to be perfect before inviting others into our lives. Mm. You know, regular times, inconvenient times, um, you know, genuine hospitality demands honest and, you know, vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, guys, as, as I'm thinking back to where I was and where I've come with this idea of missional hospitality, let me just tell you, it is far more freeing and, and, and at times less exhausting and less, less taxing to lean into the genuine. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's more work to try and run around and fix everything and make everything quote presentable right. before you start to, to invest in your neighbors and love them well. Yeah. Um, there's actually a lot of freedom in just letting go and acknowledging our, and leaning into our vulnerability and letting the Holy Spirit really work. That's um, good. So really consider those two differences, the counterfeit and the genuine forms of hospitality as you start to soak kind of all of this in and reflect. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but wanted to take a moment to touch base with you. Of course, none of us knows what the future holds or even what this pandemic will look like tomorrow, but we just want you to know we've been praying for you, as well as for our cities and our world. Our desire is to still provide relevant information weekly. And in these unprecedented times, we wanna hear from you even more. So if you have questions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, please send those over to mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. We'd also love for you to check out our new account on Instagram, and you can find us by simply typing in mercy underscore outreach, and you can find additional resources and even ways to stay connected with us there. And lastly, I just want to remind you that Mercy Talk is a free of charge program. And just like all of Mercy Multiplied, we operate from donors and supporters just like you. If you're able, please consider giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. Thank you so much for listening. Together, we will continue to get through this with the hope found only in Jesus Christ. When you are so conditioned to um, maybe put on that that good happy face or that um, that like person of perfection or whatever that might look like, when you have been so conditioned to do that, it almost it or like initially it feels like more work to be honest and raw and vulnerable because it's going against kind of your mode of operation. Right. Yeah. But in the end, I mean, if you really just think about what it is, like I either am just me yeah. as I am, right, or I am not me. And I have right. to learn how to be somebody that's not me. In the end, it might be hard initially as you almost retrain yourself to like just mm-hmm. be authentic and real with people. But in the end, what a less exhausting life. Um, yeah. I love, that's, that was really good, Julian. And one other thing I thought of too, um, uh, showing that genuine uh, authenticity in, in in how we carry carry ourselves invites the same kind of vulnerability and openness from those that we're loving. Yeah. So if we, if we set a a precedent and an expectation of realness, 
Yeah. And those that we're loving and, and inviting into our space, not physical, not just physical space, but those that we're, you know, inviting in, they're going to sense that yeah. And, yeah. and they're going to respond. Maybe not immediately, um, maybe not right away, but that kind of realness and authenticity that we display and how we love our neighbors will hopefully more often than not translate in the same kind of vulnerability. Yes. That's so good. It actually makes me think of, um, I, I heard, I heard someone say this to someone else years and years and years ago, and I've never forgotten it. Um, I don't, I, I honestly do not remember who or where this was, but I heard someone say about or to another person, you are such a breath of fresh air to be around. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. And I remember when they kind of broke that down and explained it, they said like, I feel like I can be around you and I don't have to be anybody but just me. Wow. I don't have to be funny. I don't have to be like this moral hero. I don't have Mm. to be a scholar. Like I can just be me. And so when I am around you, I get to just like breathe and relax. And I've never forgotten when I heard that. And I, it's like literally become a life goal of mine. I wish I could remember who said it and who it was about. Um, but I remember when I heard it, I was like, that person is like that. When I am around that person, I just can be, I don't have to do anything to impress. I can just be authentically me. And I just remember being like, that's just become a life goal of mine. I want to yeah. be that. I want to be a breath of fresh air for people where people can just be them. But yeah. the only way I can create that kind of like environment around me is for me to be authentically me. I think yeah. that's exactly what you were saying, Julia. It's like, I, we say this at Empower all the time. You give away what you carry. And you can't give away what you don't carry. Mm-hmm. So I can't give that away to other people if I am not living in that place myself. That's so and I even just think about like, and this is, this is getting into like even just my time with the Lord this morning where I was like, like if I am not good at giving myself grace, and this is my struggle, y'all. I'm a hardcore Enneagram one. Okay, so <laughs> if I am not good at giving myself grace mm. in my flaws and in my humanity, then there's no way that I can possibly give that to other people. That's I cannot give grace to other people if I cannot give grace to myself. Yes. And it's just like, that is becoming a reality to me. And so even in this conversation, it's like, if you cannot give yourself grace for your own flaws and your own humanity and just your own messiness as just a human, it doesn't mean you don't look at the things that need to be looked at in your life, but sure. just general grace for being a human. Right. In your mess, like maybe the journey starts there. Like, Mm -hmm. Lord, I want to be able to give myself that grace because if I can't give it to me, then I can't give it to anybody else. And therefore you can't be hospitable to another person. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, like what we're talking about today is not possible unless you've been able to do that work for yourself first. So, um, that's something I feel like the Lord's just teaching me, but I just feel like that kind of went along with what you were saying, Julian. Yeah, that's well, absolutely, because that really has to do with with gen, being genuine and authentic. Like, if again, if we can, are not experiencing this, if we're not even buying what we're trying to sell, so to speak, yeah, why is anybody? <laughs> gonna, yeah, like you said, take that first step or be vulnerable first, because you you're not practicing it yourself, and so again, 
going back to the personal revelation and even like what you're saying, Mel, in the personal time with Jesus, like thinking of those times, okay, Lord, you know, if I, if I'm not going to do this myself, if I'm not going to walk out when I'm talking, I can't expect anybody else to do it first or to, to want to do it as well. Um, again, on that same authentic note. And then I think another piece of this authentic versus like counterfeit hospitality, especially during this season, cause y'all we be in an election year, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we feel like if no. you know, this fear of, Oh man, what if I don't agree with somebody on everything, you know, yeah. going back to everything has to be perfect. Everything yeah. can't get messy. If it's messy, then like it's going to be uncomfortable. And then what does that mean? Uh, but in the book, there was, there was a phrase he used that really kind of stood out to me. Um, and it said this, it said, uh, to, to not idolize or try to make identity politics your first, uh, goal because our identity is first in Christ as male and female image bearers of a holy God. Uh, and then that just struck me like, man, this comes into play when, when we're hanging out with, with each other, when we're spending time with each other, because it can be really easy to think, oh man, like, okay, we're jiving, like we're agreeing on everything. And, and what can easily happen is you end up forming like a social club of people that look and act and think just like you. Mm-hmm. And go, y'all, I'm guilty of it. The first, you know, I'm like, oh, there's a big group of us here. Like I'm living yeah. off the great commission. Like I'm hospitable, da, 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 da. But really there are several key things in, in sharing the, the gospel. And I would say that um, some of that is gonna involve having hard conversations and having conversations where you may not agree on everything. But the cool thing is, is Jesus never shied away from those. And he, he showed us so gracefully how to have those conversations um, without, I'm going to use a word she uses in the book, being violent um, in speech. So in the book, Rosaria uses this term of, of being violent with our neighbors and the way we talk when we say hard things to them, but we don't back it up with the way we're interacting with them or the way that we're being vulnerable or opening up our space to them. You know, we can, again, we talked about this on social media. I think that's why it's easy to do it there because you can just say whatever you're thinking, right? Like in no, no recourse for your actions, but with our neighbors, um, she really pointed out this thing and it, it struck home with me that if I want to speak truth, but truth and love that, that love has to look like, you're saying, Julian, vulnerability and a place to belong, um, a place where they're safe. Like we even talked about last week before I can say um, some of those harder things, if that makes sense. I know I kind of went off there, but anyways, that just that just struck me quite a bit as, as we're going through this. I mean, what you're talking about is, uh, and, and what Rosaria is, um, you know, uh, getting at in her book in this particular passage in this particular you know portion of the book is is very countercultural because think about um, the old. Do you guys remember that old adage, that old uh, saying, like when you're, you know, the, the the two things that you never talk about when you're at dinner with strangers or when you're at dinner with yes. your in-law, right? Whatever is God and politics. Now, right. that's you know, a funny saying and, but, but that's, that's what we're having to work to kind of undo this idea that, um, you know, that hot topic, we, we can yeah. never go there. Um, but in fact, Rosaria is challenging the readers, challenging us to, um, really just kind of 
like live it out in love and authenticity rather than um you know using god as um as an attack or or as an objective or mm. uh to um to complete some sort of objective on on our part to get a point across or to get the last word in or it's it's mm. all about how we're living out our authenticity in love mm. and our neighbors um are going to feel that yeah uh, it's going to be very apparent to them early on um you know the if, if there's any amount of uh, agenda or, or hypocrisy in how we uh, talk about God or our faith. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, just to kind of bring it back full circle, everything that you're talking about, Rachel, resonated with me as well, um, you know, because this is, this is something that um, everything that we're, t we're talking about, it just requires such tactful, gracious intentionality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so just wanted to, to yeah offer. and I mean at the end of the day you know well it's a couple thoughts you know we talked at the very beginning of this episode that the original Greek for the word hospitality is love of a stranger mm -hmm. so I'm like it, it's not love of all your best friends <laughs> it's yeah. love of a stranger and it's not to say that we aren't also talking about people who you would consider your friends but um, it just makes me think of, and I'm going to totally, I don't know the address of this, the Bible or the exact, but like that whole, um, scripture in, that talks about like, I mean, everybody loves the people who love them. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't take much hard. work to love your best friend. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not, everybody can do that. Right. It's loving the people who are different, who might even be considered your enemies. Like it's that's where the love of Christ shines because yeah. People who don't love Jesus love the people that they're friends with, you know? Right. And so um, I think... Right. How, does that, how does that set us apart from the world then? Right. That's like, a good, yeah. good job. You love all your buddies at church. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I've been so guilty of this. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, it's so... And I, I think I mentioned this either in the last episode or the, maybe the first one, but like I've, I've been challenged with the idea that like a lot of the friendships and relationships I have in my life, most of them are for my own benefit. Mm. Like they do something for me. It's people who have similar interests and similar mindsets, maybe, you know, challenge me and push me in certain areas and ways. But like you kind of mentioned, Rachel's that idea of just kind of this social club of my own making. It's mm. like people who think like me, act like me, um, you know, and like, these are my buddies. And, right. and so a lot of my, my friendships tend to kind of serve me more than anything. And so mm -hmm. this idea and Julian, I think you kind of hit on it. I feel like you've mentioned that idea of like, you know, authentic hospitality, um, or, or genuine hospitality is going to potentially look inconveniencing at times. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a, that's a game changer. You know, it's, again, it's easy for people to have relationships with people that are, it's convenient, it's fun, it's easy, it serves them. But we're pushing that idea here of, of, of really like having relationships in your life that are maybe a little inconveniencing and uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Um, that looks more like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, I just, as we're thinking about that, I think something that is important for us to hit on is when we're talking about, you know, inviting people into your life and inviting people into this safe space, um, where they can, you know, just be themselves, you know, 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all these things. Um, I do think it's always great when we can couple that up with our reminder of one of the things we love to talk about the most, and that is boundaries and what that looks like to do that in a really healthy and, you know, life-giving way. Now, I say this to say there's a difference between being inconvenienced and being self-sacrificing to the point of detriment to your own health. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a long continuum between the two. Um, and so, you know, what we're not saying is that as you know, once these relationships get, you know, messy and hard then just bail, cause right. you know, that'll be bad for you. <laughs> but what we are saying is that in the midst of developing these relationships and loving the stranger, loving your neighbor, um, you know, it's so, so important. First of all, I love that we said, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place here. I love that we started this by talking about like hospitality um, in some regards is easier now than ever. But I also think it's important to note that it's a, it's a concept that's part of the great commission. Mm -hmm. There are people who have, the spiritual gift of hospitality, but there are plenty of spiritual gifts that like, just because someone has the spiritual gift of encouragement doesn't mean I get an out at encouraging. <laughs> yeah. You're not the gift. So I'm not going to encourage people. Like that's not, that's not how it works. Right. So right. some people do have a very specific gift for hospitality, but that doesn't mean we all get an out if we don't feel like that's our gift. Right. And so I think it's really important though, at the same time, to acknowledge the reality of your life sometimes and knowing where your limits are and what you can and cannot do. Yeah. Well, when I was 28 years old and single, I, I had a lot of bandwidth for other people and to invite them into my life and to, you know, like, I mean, and you know, I wasn't hindered by a global pandemic either at that time. So sure. I'm now married and I have a 15 month old Holy cow, 15 month old. Um, and we're in the midst of a global pandemic. I've never felt more hindered in this area. And so this is a time where I'm having to realize my limitations and realize where my boundaries are. But, but truly to ask the Lord, like, Lord, I don't believe that in this season of time, I just get an out in this. <laughs> But what does it look like for me in this season? What yeah. does that mean? That's going to be different for everybody. I think it's a real place to lean into the Lord and just say, what does it look like for me to be hospitable and, and to practice missional hospitality in this season of my life? Um, yeah. And so really leaning into that, but also giving yourself grace, knowing that you can't always do all the things in every season of your life. Um, but also in the midst of that, remembering just the importance of, of, of self-care and of knowing that I am of no good yeah. to my husband, to my son, and definitely of no good to my neighbor when I am completely depleted and running on empty. And yeah. so self-care is always going to play a really important place in just saying like, again, I'm going to give away what I carry. So yeah. what do I carry and what exactly. am I pouring in? So that's always a really important piece too. Um, but then the other the last piece of this that I would mention is just the importance of, um, of really asking for help when, when it's needed and really approaching this from like a, I'm not doing this as a lone ranger. You know, one of the things we talk about at Empower is 
um, the importance of coordinated care. Mm -hmm. Now, we talk about that within the concept of when you are helping, when you are coming alongside someone who is in a healing season, a healing journey, which we all are at some level, but someone who's really in an intense time of, sure. of you know, there's maybe brokenness and issues that they're struggling with and they are on a very intentional journey towards healing and you're helping them, then you need to approach that from a coordinated care place. You do not, and in saying that, to explain, you don't need to be the only person helping another person. That's right. never a good idea. There always needs to be two or three people, a team approach to helping someone that's in that kind of a season. But I would, I would say that that applies in general in life. Like as you're loving people and you're reaching out to people and you're caring for people, man, don't, don't lone ranger this thing, like do right. it with other people and have support for yourself and goodness. Like if you're married, have the support of your spouse, like yeah. try to get on the same page with your spouse about that. It doesn't mean you have to see it exactly the same or see it eye to eye, but man, especially when we're talking about inviting people into your home, you got to yeah. acknowledge and recognize the boundaries of your own spouse, or maybe it's roommates. If you live with people like they also have boundaries and so not infringe and push your, your, you know, excitement and passion and mission and life onto other people around you that live close to you, you know, and that are a part of your life. So I just think that, um, having that coordinated care approach, but also making sure that, um, that those who are the closest to you, um, that you're not infringing on their boundaries as well. Um, because that's just going to lead to resentment and all kinds of problems. And I don't feel like that's exactly the most God honoring way to go about it. So, <laughs> no. so anyway, those are just some thoughts on like your own boundaries and self care in the midst yeah. of, of doing this. For sure. I would have. I'd love to piggyback on one thing real quick. Um, the self care piece. What a great testimony an example that would be for your neighbors as you're loving them well. If they could see in you, in me, in us, as we're caring and loving for them, like, man, you just always seem refreshed. Mm -hmm. Like, That's yeah, your, your life isn't together. Sure, whose is, really? Who, who isn't broken? But you always seem like, like, like what, what, what a great, like, uh, testimony, I yeah. guess. Could, could that be to them to see how you self-care? Yes. Like what example that could potentially be in how you're loving to them and, and when you're, um, you know, um, just kind of spending time with them or whatever. That's just yes. something I thought, Melanie, as you were sharing yeah. those, um, you know, those key things to keep in mind about taking care of ourselves and yeah. uh, exercising boundaries. I just think that that would be a really cool, potentially really cool testimony for someone mm -hmm. to see in you, man, mm -hmm. you take care of yourself well and it shows. Yeah. Which so, I know this goes without saying, but this is like, I feel like a lot of things we're talking about today are like connecting with just some of my time this morning that I was just journaling and praying. And I was reminded like that at the end of the day, I can do, you know, we talk about self-care and people are like, oh yeah, sleeping or going out on my back porch and reading or whatever. Like, yeah, all those things are great and so wonderful. But I was reminded again today where you know, there's just these scriptures where it's like the Lord says, like, come to me and like lay yeah. your burdens down and I'm going to give you rest for your soul. And I'm like, there's a lot of things that offer emotional rest, mental rest, physical rest. They're all good. I think they're great to incorporate in your life. But there are few 
things outside of Jesus that offer me rest for my soul. Now, I yeah. will say, I, I actually overuse that phrase a lot. Like, I'll, I'll eat chips and salsa, and I'm like, this is so good for my soul. Pretty good. <laughs> Let's be honest, that's debatable. But, but like, but truly, like, if you're really honest, there's nothing else that offers me rest for my soul than yeah. Jesus. And so, as cliche as this might sound, I just was reminded again, like, yeah, it's good to build some of those other things into your life. But that time of abiding, and I'm just, I'm just like on a life mission here to figure out how do I abide more? Like yeah. daily abiding. It's only in abiding with him that I'm gonna have what you're talking about, Julian. Like yeah. no amount of sleep or Netflix or reading or chips and salsa is going to <laughs> give me what you're describing, where people would look at me and be like, man, you just always seem full of yeah. life or you seem yeah. refreshed, like nothing else is gonna give me that outside of abiding with Jesus every moment of the day, especially right now. In this season of time, nothing else can offer that. And so I just was reminded today, yeah. self-care is great, but there's nothing that refreshes my soul, like just abiding with Jesus. Yeah. So, and how about how about this passage from Philippians two four to kind of build off of that, Melanie, and bring this all full circle? The passage reads: Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind. Mm. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Okay. That's really, really okay. good. I love it. What more can you say after that? <laughs> well, guys, this has been a good, I'm glad we had this conversation. This was, I think timely, it could feel on first glance like out of place, but I think it's not. I think it, it really is like you, you both have said, um, perfect timing, not a coincidence that there's a pandemic going on and you know we still need to seek and ask and ask the Lord to show us other, other ways and continuous ways to live out the Great Commission um, and to live it out no matter what the world looks like. And so I'm thankful that we just got to have this conversation um, about missional hospitality. So uh, thank you guys for listening today. And we hope that you will join us again here on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.